Am I on? Can you hear me? Yes. All right, good. Uh, so good to see y'all today. Uh, sure know how to get to a fella playing all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't know where all those pictures came from, Lori. <laughs> but I vaguely recall seeing some of those without the hat, mind you. <clears throat> so uh, I met some folks earlier today, and they're... This is their first time here, a couple rows back, and uh, so uh, I got to tell them hello and goodbye in the same breath, <laughs> so don't take it personal, this is a great place. <laughs> so I'm glad you all chose to worship with us here today. This is uh, Rockbridge and those online, we welcome you as well. Uh, wh whenever you first come to a place, you wonder what is it that you're going to find. You just never know. So, those that are guests here, again, welcome. So, I'd like to pray for you. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you today praising you and thanking you for who you are and who we are in you. We pray, Father, that the words of my lips and the meditations of each heart in here will be pleasing to you. And I pray the Holy Spirit would invade this space in every heart and soul and mind so that you might work your will in their lives. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> I've known this day was coming, obviously, for quite a while. And so, I've, David and I talked about what's the message and David has gone from this to this to <laughs> back and forth and literally this week it changed again. Uh, <laughs> Which you know that can happen. Uh, so you count on God to make that message clear for the people of God. And that's what I pray this morning will happen. So I got to thinking, whenever you start looking for a church home, why do we even look for a church home? So one reason might be we've moved to an area. The folks from Florida. You've moved to an area. You're looking for a church home from New York, right, Tavon? Uh, maybe you're looking uh, to find a closer home in greater proximity to where you currently live. Maybe uh, someone invited you to a church home. Maybe the Holy Spirit is leading you to a church and you're not Christian and you're here today. You don't know why you're here, but you're here. Praise God for that. And then I got to thinking, well, why did you come to Rockbridge? We all have one thing in common. We've all walked through those doors at least once. Why did we come to Rockbridge? Was it something we saw on the web? Maybe we, we uh, locked our statement of belief that's on our website. Uh, maybe it was a uh, pumpkin patch. <laughs> right? You said, hey, what's, that, what's going on behind those trees at that church? Uh, maybe it was a spring fling where you got to go fishing and get all kinds of nice prizes. Maybe somebody from another city invited you like Lori and I. We were invited to attend here by our former pastor up in Lorena, so we're thankful for that always. But while we were here, we were searching for two years to find a church home. So then I got thinking, after you come once, why did you come again? Why did you come a third time? It was the people. 
you, your kindness, your generosity, your authentic nature, your kind and comforting souls as you walk through those doors. And then I thought, well, what happens if you stay just a little bit longer and get more and more involved, what might happen? You might learn more about others through a life group. You might even lead a life group. You might learn more about Scripture by attending a, a class, or you may even lead that class. You might learn about your spiritual gifts, perhaps. Incidentally, we, uh, this last year, uh, we did the uh, spiritual gifts assessment for 38 of you here in the congregation. And of the 20 gifts that we assessed, 18 are represented here today in this congregation. You're probably wondering, what are the two that didn't make the list? Uh, one was tongues, and one was interpretation of tongues. Now, in one of our life groups, a person is not a, a member here, a partner. They did reflect that as one of their gifts, so we're kind of getting to work, you know, a full 20. But God provides. You know, think about this, this church body. Christ is the head. All of your gifts make up the body. And the ministries that you provide, either currently or that are in the future, are sitting right here. So why did we come the first time? Why did you come back the second time? And even the third, and why in the world did you partner up, we call it here, those from... Uh, uh, that are new. We don't call it membership. We call it partnering because when you come here, we really, uh, one thing we don't do, we, we don't say, you're welcome here, but you've got to get your act together first before you come, right? We do not say that. Um, and, and we're not so liberal to say, y'all come, but you don't need to change. That's not the case. Because when you come, we expect you're here for a reason. God brought you through those doors with your gift. And whatever it is, when I see new people, I wonder, what is your gift and why are you here? And so, as you think about this, we uh, start coming alongside one another in the variety of ways that I've said. Life groups, classes. You might go on mission. You might lead a mission trip, right, Joy? Well, Joy's not here. Thank you, Joy. Uh, you might do a mission for one day, and we call it Be the Church. So there's all kind of ways to get involved by walking through those doors. And so I got to thinking, what were you looking for when you walked through those doors? The first time you walked into Rockbridge, think about it. What were you searching for? And if you're uh, not even a Christian... Coming to a church for the first time is kind of like learning a foreign language. They're talking in code. They're calling people brother and sister. They're praying to something I may not even understand as uh, not being a Christian. But then as you keep showing up, Josh, like a foreign language, you start listening to the consonants and the vowels. And uh, how you conjugate the verb, is that right? Uh, somebody that knows 
I failed uh, in foreign language. <laughs> and, and suddenly you keep showing up and you keep listening to all these things. And then suddenly one day, what you were seeking finds you. And you start speaking the language. And that's kind of how it is here. I don't know what you were looking for when you came, but as you come and get involved and start learning and grinding through Scripture and trying to figure out what things mean, then suddenly what you were seeking finds you. And so that's what's happening at Rockbridge. This is a dynamic congregation. And in some cases, what you were seeking may find you, and with me, it was in the form of a call. And this was a long-held call for almost 20 years ago that God called me, and I was not quite ready to answer that call. So, have you seen the uh, Heisman Trophy guy? <laughs> right? How do you do that? I stiff-armed God for quite a while. But when you say yes, and you start, he starts to reorder your priorities, as with you, Holy Spirit might start speaking to you. Opportunities may open up. Things may start to happen. And so as you answer that call, you know, my, we don't have time to talk about it today, but my call represents two, two Old Testament guys. One is Jonah. What did Jonah do? He ran. We'll talk about that another day. But Moses also uh, I identify with greatly because if you know that story, what did Moses do? He objected. He argued with God. And eventually God didn't like that. And so uh, I thought I'd explore that just a little bit this morning uh, as I ascribe to the Moses shuffle, which is what I kind of call it. Uh, and, and doing the dance. And so I'd like to go to uh, some scripture. So let's go to Exodus. Exodus 3, 1 through 12. This is the word of God for the people of God. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And I kind of find this amusing. Here I am, Moses replied. It's like God didn't know he was standing there. <laughs> Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground, and I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he, he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. 
Yes, I'm aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Correct me later with that, David. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Here's the first protest. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before the Pharaoh? Have you ever protested to God, Who am I? You're, maybe you feel unqualified and hide behind that uh, perceived unqualified nature. So who am I, he says, to lead the people out? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. And then Moses went on to object again. If you follow the story along, Moses said, well... Who shall I say sent me? There's all these gods. So remember what God said? I am. Tell them I am sent me. And then the next slide. Let's go to Exodus 4. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord said, What's that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw the staff, threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. Moses did what many of us would do. He jumped back. Then the Lord told him, Reach out and grab it by his tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it. And it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. And so Moses would go on then to object some more. He would eventually say, I can't talk well. I think maybe he stuttered a bit. And finally at the end he said, kind of pleading, he said, just send somebody else, please. Don't send me, send somebody else. So five times. Moses objected. As we go back to this one thing about talking about throwing down your staff, think about the tools of a shepherd. What might they be? Pretty limited, right? A staff. What did he do with that staff? It was the way that he minded the flock. It had a little hook on it, a little curve. I can imagine he might grab one by the neck and, you know, line it up back with the flock. It was also his way of protecting himself from whatever might come. So it was a tool of the trade, and it was a foreign thing for those that might be uh, prone to lacking control. This is kind of counterintuitive for you to throw down the very tool of your trade on the ground. So with that, God was asking Moses to give up some control. Let me 
have your life. So Moses did what he did. And you have to see with his objections out of reluctance. But yet he did it. So let's go back to how this started. The burning bush. I've seen, and y'all have seen plenty of burning trees and bushes and perhaps cedar trees. But this one never burns up. As with Moses, it would certainly get our attention today. And as you look at this, think about this burning bush in our context today. God can show up in your life and change your life and direction instantly, anytime and anywhere. It can be on your job. It can be in a life group. It can be in a class that maybe you're having. It could be with a certain person or a circumstance. It could even be with thoughts or experiences. Whenever that occurs, I encourage you to explore that invasion of your life by God. Wherever that is, and whenever that happens, for you, mark that place, because that, for you, is holy ground. Just like God said to Moses, take off your sandals, because... You're standing on holy ground. And so, whenever God said, hey, I have a mission for you, and I've been asking for nearly 20 years for you to do this, finally said, uh, yes. Now, when you say yes, Mm -hmm. for me, it was kind of like throwing down the staff. Give up control of not who you are and what you've done, but to use those experiences to be the best version of you that you can be with God's help. And as I said, this, this changed, this message changed through the week uh, because I received a uh, hiking stick at one of my my going away events and two of the guys that gave it to me said this commemorates a great career and it's kind of a tradition in the parks business that you do that in the same breath they said but also it could be a part of what your next phase in life is and so maybe it's not so much a hiking stick in the future Although it reminds me of where I've been, it also is perhaps a shepherd's staff. In fact, they had 316 engraved on this. Of course, they said, we know you will know what that means. And absolutely, uh, if any of you don't know what that might mean, talk to me later. We'll talk about 316. So... I don't know if they realized it, but this was biblical. Let's go to uh, Exodus 4, 20, I believe. So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey, and he headed back to the land of Egypt. And in his hand, it's not, what, it's not a shepherd's staff, but look what it is now. He carried the staff of God. 
That's the way I see this symbolically, and the, the guys that gave it to me had no idea, that, and I didn't either, that this would be part of this message today. So I'll make sure and tell those guys thanks so much for that. So I read somewhere recently, you can either have control or you can have faith, but you can't have both. Try that. Have control and have faith. If you figure out how to do that, let me know how that goes. <clears throat> so to me, and I'll just do this, Rockbridge is my holy ground. And I've thrown down my staff. Yeah. So the very things that brought us here has kept us here. And so I ask you, what were you looking for when you walked through those doors? Yeah. I could have never written this script seven years ago. So you're full of grace and mercy. You allowed uh, this call of mine to, <clears throat> and me to explore ministry. You know, think about it, it's different from when you <clears throat> just come, and we're not a CTBC church, by the way. You know what that means? Check the box, Christian. <laughs> come, show up, check the box, go home, <clears throat> leave unchanged. It's not the case. <clears throat> so I thank you, Rockbridge, for giving me the opportunity to explore this ministry and to be transformed in your presence and to even mature and center my life directly and to serve you and equip you in a different way than when I first came here. And it could happen to each of you in any particular way that you may yet know that that script is part of your life. So it's with deep heartfelt sense and thanks and gratitude that I offer this prayer to you. If we can go to the prayer. So this prayer, Joy talked about Paul earlier. This is a prayer that Paul wrote uh, to the fine people of Ephesus. And he wrote this, and he said, When I think of all this, and this is my prayer for you, Rockbridge. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you would be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So, hear this doxology. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here's my plea for you, Rockbridge. The title of the sermon was a call, a prayer, and a plea. So here's my plea. This is following up from Paul's prayer 
Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. We're all called. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Thank you for that rock bridge. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So Paul's seeking unity here. My plea for you is to remain unified. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and living through all. So, a final word of thanks, Rockbridge. Let's go to the last slide. Thank you, Rockbridge. Uh, may you continue to be the fertile ground and the holy place that is instrumental in raising another and sending another to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world in ways we could never think and through people we may never imagine. May it be so this day in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all